another edition of Cold Coffee Conversation. My name is Carl. And I'm Holly. I'd like to welcome you to another wonderful, exciting edition of Cold Coffee Conversation. How are you, Holly? I'm doing well. And you, Carl? I'm doing well. Thank you. Once again, Coltonites, thank you very much for giving us all your support. We do appreciate it. We love the shout-out. And, of course, a friendly reminder that what we are talking about TM Transcendental Meditation mm. is from one of you call tonight. So we want to say thank you for that. We're going down a very interesting rabbit hole. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the uh, episode previous when we talk about the Beatles. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. Very, very odd. Very strange. That was the beginning of the end of the Beatles. Oh, yes, definitely. But uh, anyway, for all you Cole Tonight's out there, once again, thank you. If you want to reach out to us, we have uh, our Facebook page at Colts Coffee and Conversation, Instagram at Colts Coffee Convo. Of course, we have the Twitter at Colts Coffee Con 1. That is Colts Coffee Con 1. And of course, we have our wonderful, good old, faithful, reliable email address at Colts Coffee Convo at gmail.com. And we have our website. Cult Coffee and Conversation dot com. Just Cult Coffee Conversation. Cult Coffee Conversation dot com. That was and. I'm sorry. <laughs> that makes a difference. Well, yes, it does. Cult Coffee and Cult Coffee Conversation dot com. But wait, there is more. Holly, take it away. Yes, you can get your smartphone, record a message in your voice memos, and send it off to Cult Coffee Convo at gmail dot com. Awesome. Okay, before we get into our conversation about cults. Let's talk about a coffee. Holly, what are we drinking? I am drinking a hot caramel macchiato upside down today. Mmm, delicious. And I'm having the one of the best drinks they've ever invented, I'm not going to lie, is the brown sugar oat milk shake and espresso. Fantastic. Mmm. It is delicious. All righty, Holly, are you ready to get into it? I am ready. And so today, what we are going to do is I am going to basically read an article or the majority of an article right. or a blog spot that it's called Corey's Dig. It's C-O-R-E-Y apostrophe S, Corey's Digs. And it's was created by an investigative journalist, Corey Lynn, for the purpose of digging for truth in a world where nothing is as it seems, then connecting the dots and presenting her findings to us. Ah. So Corey focuses on larger webs and nests and areas that are seldom covered by mainstream media. She exposes operations, oftentimes with detailed timelines and maps, and documentation to provide the full scope of what may be transpiring, and she always cites sources with links to back it up. So this is a message from Corey on her blog spot. Ah. And I will put that information on our show notes where Beautiful. you can see this. We have been spoon-fed twisted narratives and deep forms of manipulation for centuries. Yes, centuries. It was much more difficult to seek out the truth long ago. But we live in an age where endless amounts of information is right at our fingertips. There is no longer an excuse to live in a fantasy land turning a blind eye to the destruction happening all around us and hoping maybe things will get better one day. Mm, okay. All right. So we're going to so what, start. What, yeah, say what does this have to do with our lovely group? Well, she did an article or a blog about the Fairfield, Iowa with Transcendental Meditation. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that they had their own little city? Yes, they did, which that is an amazing thing since the Roshanishis weren't able to get their city together. Because one's in Iowa. And the other one is in Oregon. Well, there's probably other reasons. I have did not dig into it, but no, I fine. would wish I could because it, it would. It's not something you can easily dig into. Of course not. Of course not. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, so there. Uh, let's well, let's go ahead and talk about it. Okay, yes. so there's a little known place near Fairfield, Iowa, called the Maharishi Vedic City. Now it's uh, the officially incorporated in 2001. This little city, located right next to Fairfield Municipal Airport, easy and easy out, boasts its very own outdoor observatory. Now the Raj Ayurvedic Health Center and a hotel is located kitty corner to the Maharashi Vedic Pandit Campus. Now the campus itself spans 80 acres and consists of over 160 buildings designed according to the Maharishi Vatsu architecture, given the uh, appearance of an army barracks. Now they accommodate a thousand plus male pandits training to be the world peacekeepers. Now, pandits are students that train under the Maharishi's instruction, spending eight hours a day in transcendental meditation and chanting to create an influence of world peace. And they do this for about two to three years. Oh, boy. Yeah, talk about dedication, right? Now, they begin their uh, training in India. And at a very young age, uh, before moving to Iowa, the fully funded by the Maharishi f followers, these pandits arrived from India in 2014. Now, it's allegedly that over 160 pandits went missing shortly after. Now, a mob of pandits attacked the sheriff, uh, astonishingly, between 2008 and 2014. There were about 20 suicides in the small town of Fairfield, with a mere population of only uh, between averages of 9,400 to 10,000 during those years. And we will get into that in detail. Yes, we will. So, right next door to the uh, Maharishi Vedic City is the town, of course, is Fairfield. It's, uh, it's the uh, Maharashi University of Management, also known as MUM. Now, that was founded in 1971 by Maharishi uh, Mahesh Yogi, uh, the same Maharishi who incorporated Maharishi Vedic City. Uh, they have a, a sprawling campus, around 270 acres total, which also consists of the Maharishi School of Age of Enlightenment, which goes from preschool to 12th grade. Now, the Maharishi Peace Palace is a large recreational center, two 20,000-square-foot uh, Golden Dome meditation buildings. Budding up with the campus is the Army National Guard facility. And then, this is interesting, an Abu Bakr Mosque located in the basement of the Mum Library and the David Lynch Foundation Television. Now, I've raised the question myself, why is there a mosque? I don't think they're into that stuff, but hey... Uh, who am I That's to know, because right? they're saying they're non-religious. Ah, gotcha. Now, Lynch is one of the biggest financial supporters of the Maharishi and played a big role in its development. Now, in fact, in 2010, Lynch organized an American-Indian sustainable conference with Bill Clinton giving the opening address uh, via a recorded message hosted by the Maharishi University. Now, Bill Gates giving a pledge uh, cohort as well as Ray uh, Dalio is a big supporter of David Lynch and meditation and has given over 10 million dollars uh, to his foundation over the years even marina abramovic raves about lynch's work and would very much like to meet him so in short the schools pandits compound and overall lifestyle at the maharishi all involves transcendental meditation as a requirement its headquarters are in vlodrop netherlands with operations all over the world there are scientists and researchers who study the brain at the university compiling data. There are many rules, and they are not allowed to be broken, as is prevalent in testimonies further down in this article from those who have attended or taught there. Many celebrities have become very involved in TM throughout the years, and Jim Carrey was awarded an honorary Ph.D. in 
2014 from the Maharishi University of Management. Whereas Fairfield, Iowa hosts several Maharishi schools and facilities, these schools extend to Australia, Netherlands, England, South Africa, and India. Interestingly, the average age medium for Maharishi Vedic City is 28, with an average income of $57,500, which is far greater than neighboring towns. The Washington Post reported, quote, his organization's $3.5 billion in assets include a chain of hotels, a health food distribution network, and a veritable library of instructional books and videotapes, in addition to real estate holdings that include a five-story, 20,000-square-foot building near the New York Stock Exchange. That is not the only way the Maharishi and friends made their millions. The Maharishi also founded numerous foundations, organizations, the Peace Palace, societies, 23 Maharishi Vedic Health Centers in 16 countries, a monetary system, global funds, global country of world peace, worth reviewing, a publishing, television and radio, and the World Plan Executive Council with many branches. The World Plan Executive Council was established in 1972 in both Switzerland and Washington, D.C., in 1985, an interesting civil suit was brought against them, which ultimately was dismissed and eventually settled. In the 1990s, WPEC in the United States became the parent company to an American for-profit hotel subsidiary called Heaven on Earth Inns Corp. <laughs> Rajas are stationed all across the world working towards the Maharishi's goals. A Raja is a title for a monarch or a princely ruler in the Indian subcontinent and Southeast Asia. All righty. Okay. So, of course, this does, TM is very mainstream as well because Oprah is talking about it. Of course. Because Oprah's on. What, what? Oprah's on. Oh, jingle. Anyway, Oprah has been promoting the town of Fairfield and the Maharishi for many years through the multiple articles and video series. And had the honor of meeting 800 residents, pandits in 2012. Now, despite all of the security, private property signs, and no outlets, they welcomed Oprah for a tour. A scene in this four and a half minute video, she was thrilled to be the first one ever allowed inside the compound. Now, I'm going to have that video in the show notes. Beautiful. Now, this is what former residents, aha, here we go, the, here comes the juice. <laughs> okay. Yes, former residents of the Maharishi, uh, Maharishi and Fieldfield are saying. Now, author Susan Shumsky spent 20 years with the Maharishi and served on his personal staff for six years during the time of the Beatles' attendance. Now, Susan shared her amazing story of how they were all, 1,000 of them, uh, told that they needed to go to Fairfield, Iowa, her experiences while there, how she broke free, and and what she now refers to as a cult. Quote, the first seeds of TM cult-like characteristics emerged in August of 1979 in Amherst, Massachusetts, where Maharishi gathered 2,600 meditators for World Peace Assembly. There he made a fantastic claim that the goddess, Mother Divine, had told him that crime, war, environmental toxins, had polluted the earth. Now, Maharishi's world plan was to create a global peace wasn't working fast enough. 
Now, therefore, the goddess was threatening to annihilate the entire Earth's population. After Maharishi pleaded with her, she purportedly agreed to give him one last chance. Maharishi then declared that time had run out and there was a world emergency. All of us must pack our bags, relocate our families to Iowa within one week, and meditate together in order to prevent certain global annihilation. So about a thousand of us moved to Maharishi International Inst University, I'm sorry, MIU, in Fairfield, Iowa, where the cult gradually took over our lives as we squandered our fortunes on various increasing expenses, TM courses, and products. That sounds familiar. Two gigantic geodesic domes slathered in gold paint were built on the MIU campuses, one for men and another for women, where we practice group meditation twice daily. Every telephone slash broadcast from Maharishi terrorized us into believing that if we did not adhere to his program, we would be responsible for a nuclear holocaust or the end of the world. His manipulative fear and intimidation tactics proved extremely effective motivators. Suicide in Fairfield. Now, we're going to talk about the suicides. There's, a, there's quite a few of them. Now, Iowa, uh, the Iowa town struggles with uh, mental health awareness, obviously, because his manipulative fear and intimidation tactics proves extremely effective motivators. Yeah, they are. That's a, that's a flag, red flag of a cult. Mm, now, of course, between 2008 and 2014, there were 20 suicides in the small town of Fairfield. And the author believes that to be a connection with the Maharishi TM movement, not allowing those with a physical and mental illness to acknowledge it and instead feel shame. Now, let's talk about something a little bit more dark than suicides. Well, yeah, it's on the same point, though. Yes, it is. Death. So there's, not surprisingly, even in an article about a murder at the Maharishi University, they include the Beatles guru in the subheading. The Guardian reported in... 2004 that Shuvender Sem, a 24-year-old student at the university, sat down in the dining hall to eat with fellow students. He suddenly stood up, taking a knife from his pocket, and plunged it into the heart of a 19-year-old Levy Butler. Sem managed to stab him three additional times before he was restrained. Butler was pronounced dead at the hospital, and surprisingly, Sem remained calm as a cucumber with the police. The knife he used belonged to Dean Joel Wysong. Earlier that day, Sam had stabbed another student in the face with a pen, causing him to receive seven stitches. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Apparently, he was taken to the dean's apartment for supervision, and it was there that he stole the knife. Sam was charged with aggravated assault for the first attack and first-degree murder for the second. The university hadn't reported the earlier crime, which led to allegations that they intended to cover up the violence. Some believe that transcendental meditation may exacerbate existing psychological problems in students. Butler's family was outraged that Sam was allowed to continue his day at the premises after the first incident, which ultimately resulted in Butler's death. Hmm. Dr. Carrie Drool had taught physics at the university for 13 years and left after becoming disenchanted with the movement, stating, quote, there were certainly initial benefits for some of the students, but the promise of complete enlightenment is just not true. 
It just doesn't happen. And I saw how this intense meditation can damage some students, particularly if they have mental problems, unquote. He went on to state, there was a definite understanding between staff members that you must not allow any bad news to leak out. You were required to keep up this image of a perfect campus at all costs, unquote. Mm, all righty. Okay, now we got another incident. Now, back in 2014, up to 80 pandits, which are, of course, the Hindu Indian priests, vandalizing through rocks at a sheriff's truck. Now, while the media called the incident a riot, the sheriff called it a, quote, flash mob, end quote. The Des Moines Register did a fantastic job detailing the incident, how the locals feel about the Maharishi compound, and it extensively details the life of a pandit after touring the compound. They state that some of the people who have parted ways with the meditators associated with the Maharishi University of Management, also known as MUM, called the Indian priest victims of human trafficking. Now, apparently, the program's administrators were returning one of the men to India due to, quote, administrative improprieties, end quote, without telling the others and was one of the mo more popular pandits. Now, Jefferson County Sheriff Greg Morton asked to be there in case of a disturbance creating a level of distrust. Goldstein dean of the global country and the legal counsel of the fairfield university said the man was returning to campus and a group meeting was held followed by six others being quote voluntarily end quote back to india fairfield mayor ed malloy also believes in the need to keep pandits away from outside influences but would like to see a little more transparency now malloy is a donor to the pandit project now, the pendants are here on R1 visas issued to religious people. This is curious because they claim they are not a religious organization. Now, one former Fairfield TM, Gina Katina, who now resides in California, believes that the pendants are being used as fundraising tool. She f also feels that, quote, this dream is an internal carrot on a stick, never to be achieved, end quote. Now, the pandits live in barrack-style trailers, ranging from two to ten bedrooms with two or more in a room, inside a guarded fence, of course, it's fenced in, a compound that they are allowed to leave if escorted. Now, they receive room and meals plus $200 a month, which is 150 is deposited into an Indian bank account for their families. Now, they have no access to the Internet or cell phones to have a purchase prepaid calling card to call back home. And the TV is tuned to Indian news programs via satellite in a common area. Now, they are prohibited from outside influences and don't even have contact with the guards. Now, despite this, one guard told the reporter that the pandits sometimes offer him money to purchase them alcohol or tobacco. Now, he doesn't believe it's right to bring people from a third world country and isolate them. He believes, quote, these are regular human beings being told they are a god on earth, but they have no control over their passions, ego, or temperament. Hmm, interesting observation. Goldstein believes they provide a facility that is self-sufficient and states it's not quite fair for us to judge and project our values on the lifestyles they should have. He believes them to be content, yet now does this explain over 160 pendants that appear have gone AWOL or has disappeared that he himself admits to. Over 160 missing pandits lot. from Iowa in, in 2014. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just prior to the March 11th flash mob attack on a sheriff, 
High India Chicago reported on 163 pendants that went missing in January 2014. It seems to be the only U.S. paper that was talking about it. Several Indian sources picked up the story, such as Al Jazeera News India, NDA TV India, and India Today. Yet for some unknown reason, High India's story, the only U.S. source that originally reported on it, seems to have been washed from their website. There had been 1,050 young Indians brought to the Maharishi that year, and 63 of them had gone missing. The Des Moines Register calls it AWOL. Goldstein says that sometimes pandits wander off and later return. But how is this possible when they are in a fenced-in security area and not allowed to leave without being escorted? Mm. These news sources refer to them as missing. These reports go on to state that the management running the Maharishi facilities did not even care to trace the missing people. They say that the global country of work peace does not know about the plight or flight of these Vedic scholars and said they have jumped the fence for immigration purposes or for chasing their American dream. But this doesn't make sense either, being as they are here on R1 visas for religious purposes. They are not authorized to work other jobs, and Sean Newdower of U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement said, if the men are breaking the terms of their visas, that's an issue for the State Department. Now, investigations by High India, that's funny, High India found that the kids of the program are enrolled at the age, young age of five in India with the permission of their parents who reside in low-poverty Hindi-speaking areas. Now, the parents are promised their children would be given education up to the 12th standard, now then turned into pandits or masters of the art of Hindu religious rites and services. Now, after 10 to 15 years, qualifying pandits have the choice to remain with the organization or leave the center and work outside on their own. Now, High India also found that the kids were rarely provided education beyond the fifth standard. Now, according to one pandit, a contract is prepared and signed by the organization and the pandit for rules and regulations and compensation before the visa application is processed. Now, they are sent to the U.S. for two years, which is a point their visa is e either extended or they are sent back to India given another two-year visa. Now, High India also reported that the contracts is drafted in the English, but a copy is not given to the pandit. Now, the contracts state that they'll be given $50 while in the U.S. and $150 to India. But the 150 is not given on a monthly basis to their families, but instead considered bond money. If the pandit behaves well, then he returns to India two years later. The compensation will be given to him and or his family. They go on to state that if management of Vedic City find out that there are pandits wishing to leave the U.S., they create a mock travel plan to where the pandits are taken in a van to Chicago O'Hare Airport and dropped at the entry gate. They are asked to wait for the aircraft to arrive while the driver leaves and then returns as a scare tactic. Mm. One pandit told them that some of the more strong-willed pandits run away from the airport for better prospects while the others are picked up by the driver and taken back to Vedic City. They go on to state the following, quote, According to sources in the Indian consulate in Chicago, in a situation where an Indian passport holder is considered 
or presumed gone missing and his passport is left behind, it has to be returned immediately to the nearest Indian mission, which has to also be informed about the circumstances in which the Indian citizen went missing. Mm. The Chicago consulate, however, says that the GCWP has never returned or deposited any passport, and neither has it shared any missing person information. Mm. According to... The Sheriff's Department and Police Department of Fairfield, Iowa, no missing person report has ever been filed by the GCWP, unquote. Mm. Some may look at all of this as an unfortunate situation arising from a low poverty area or those with strong religious beliefs. Others may see this as a form of human trafficking mm. where children are forced to live a certain way, then shipped off to another country and confined. One thing most people would probably agree on is that these pandits do not appear to be happy, fulfilled, or enlightened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sex, tra sex trafficking. It's human trafficking. It's Yeah, it's not sex yeah, trafficking. It's not trafficking. I'm sorry. It's human trafficking. Yes. Anyway, so there's grave concern here. Now, most people who have uh, tried meditation would likely agree to its benefits. Now, some have uh, even uh, endeavored into its transcendental meditation and found incredible results from that as well. Now it's hard to dispute the benefits of these techniques to th these techniques offer, but it but this isn't about the benefits one receives from meditation. This is about a worldwide movement governed by rules with extreme consequences and a sense of power and control over the masses and to what end. Now they can continue to cry defamation all they want but it doesn't preclude the fact that numbers of students, pandits, teachers, children, and locals have all raised grave concern over their practices, nor does minimizing the suppressing violence offer an excuse to the family of Levi Butler, who was murdered under their watch. Now, when people are not allowed to speak up, discuss, and process their emotions in an environment that assures you the highest level of enlightenment, this can be incredibly damaging. As observed in the above testimonies, there are most certainly pandits, students, and young children that have attended these schools who would very much like to speak up and share their views of the Maharishi and their environment, but there is a great fear to do so. Meanwhile, they have monopolized the minds of many across multiple countries, and it seems their followers and financial supporters have every intention to see this through. What is their ultimate end goal? World peace doesn't seem to fit the bill here. It seems only practical that a thorough investigation be done where numerous residents, students, and pendants are called upon in a private and independent setting to speak freely about the concerns they may have. It would also be prudent for an investigation into where all these missing pendants went. Maybe they did fly the coop or travel back to India, but what if something else happened to them? This is a country where people call in missing persons, no matter their age, within 24 hours of them missing. Why hasn't the management at the Maharishi reported this? Mm. They are here on R1 visas. They have a contract with their parents and a responsibility to uphold. How is turning a blind eye honoring these responsibilities or promoting any sense of world peace? Right. Okay, that's the end of the article. Right. So Fairfield, Iowa. Woo! Sounds like fun. Well, I do find it very, I mean, they hide under, well, you know, it brought up a good point earlier in the uh, um, the article where they were mentioning 
of, um, you know, they're not a religion, but they're under religious visas. Yes, this is a th- that's happened to the Roshnishis. Right. So they brought over the Bhagwan, right. okay, on an R1. Right. And they wanted to ch- change it up. But see, <laughs> they said they weren't a religion either. Right. Well, yeah, it just makes no weird sense. I mean. Yes. Yeah, and then I was, I mean, it's still there, 2014. You know, it's like, what's really going on? Right. And, 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 and I'm sorry to interrupt, but you know, also, I mean, notice, what was it? If, they, he, if he had a thousand of these pandits doing their little meditation, world peace, excuse me, world peace would be over, world hunger would be done, all that right. kind of. Well, that's what he was kind of spitting towards the, the Beatles and all that. Yes. That, that, that crew. Well, there's a thousand of them. Okay, so we're going to go back. We're going to go into one more episode, I believe. Right. We're going to review. Well, I won't say it, but just in case it changes. Right. But we're going to talk more about these pandits, the world peace. Right. How that was tried to, you know, become a reality. Right. Through TM. Right. That's it for this time. Yeah, pretty much. That wraps it up, guys. Once again, thank you guys for your support. We do appreciate all you wonderful Coltonites out there. You know where to hit us up at the Facebook fan page. The Facebook fan page. Say that 15 times fast. The Facebook fan page. Also, the Instagram, the Twitter, the website itself, and the email address. And don't forget about the voicemail. Anyway, we appreciate you guys once again. Thank you. Good night, Holly. Good night, Carl.